it's not many of us that could be chameleons and change colors with every different artist. I got a guy right now on a R&B singer that would never be able to work on a pop star that another client I have, he wouldn't last a day with that female pop artist because he's too rough. Is he a good protector? Yeah, she'll be safe. But you got to be somebody that's tolerable in their world. On the same note, the guy that I got on her could never work for this a hip hop guy. Not, not, not because he's not a tough guy, he's tough as nails, but he's just very quiet and he doesn't have the, the street smarts that my guy that's on him has. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Celebrity protection, it's surely the most iconic form of EP. I'm here with Elijah Shaw, and today we're going to talk to Anton Kalajin, CEO and founder of Guardian Security, uh, two of the most prominent celebrity protection experts. Elijah, this is truly going to be a great session. What are we going to talk about? Yo, I'm excited to have him on the show. You know, here's a guy who has a ton of experience and, you know, he's, it, 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 there's not a lot of fluff with it. You know, you know, he, he's got the bona fides, he's done the job, been there, done that. And he can talk just real talk. And so that's one of the things that I've respected about him in the past. So I think that's, uh, that's what he's going to deliver to our listeners today. Okay. And what do you think our listeners are most going to be you know, benefiting from hearing? Because, I mean, he's not going to name names. He's not going to kiss and tell. He's going to give hard facts about joining the industry. What do you think we can hope to achieve with it? Well, I, I think you get kind of a, um, an, an insider's view without the sensationalism. You know, so that kind of real world, you know, this is how it is. Yeah, there's some great things about the industry. I mean, there's some amazing things about the industry, but the reality is, you know, you got to work to do it. And um, a lot of people, if you cut corners, you won't get the success that you want to have in this business. Why do you think becoming a celebrity protector is so desirable? Or is it? Is that a misnomer? Is it actually something that a lot of people could do without? Is it something that we really should investigate or is it something that nobody actually wants to do? <laughs> well, I, I think that's one of the things that, that we, we want to unpack today on the, on the call, which is, you know, there's some myths about it. There's some uh, illusions about the business, you know, and there's some temptations that people fall for. You know, you know, this is a, a job, it's a career that can be very rewarding and have a ton of benefits, but you have to go into it for the right reasons. and it's when people try and come into this segment in the industry with the wrong reasons, one that can give us a bad name, and then two can can really uh, sidetrack someone who might, might have an otherwise promising career. This then needs no further introduction. Let's meet Anton Kalajan, founder of Guardian Security, and let's go headfirst into the world of celebrity protection. And now, let's meet one of the contributors to The Circuit magazine. Celebrity protection and EP. Everybody is in the public eye. We're here with Anton Kalajan, CEO and founder of Guardian Security. And Elijah Shaw and myself, we're going to be exploring this topic because... 
obviously, even for the people not in EP, we have con preconceptions about what a bodyguard is. It's evidently someone looking after a celebrity. Um, but we know, of course, EP is much, much uh, broader than that. Anton, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing all right. Very good. Very good. Well, let's get into it. We do these thematically. We're looking at celebrity protection. Obviously, we got uh, two of the best uh, in the business uh, to, to talk about this today. Um, but, Anton, what is wrong with the way the industry is at the moment in, with regards to protecting celebrities? How, how long do we have on this podcast? I mean, uh, you know, Elijah and me, we, we've both, you know, been doing this for a very long time. And we, I think we both can agree it's just changed dramatically with the impact of social media. Uh, that's been a big thing that's been wrong with cele uh, celebrity protection. I mean, the way we were taught, the way I was taught was stay out of the frame, stay out of the public eye. Um, you know, uh, don't make it about you. Uh, you got to be now, you know, with the social impact. Everybody's a celebrity. Uh, I think that, you know, that's all about their followers and people are following you that are not friends of yours. If you have a public uh, platform and then they follow you just because of who you protect and they want to see different angles of that principle that you're protecting his daily life. What kind of car is he driving? Where does he live? Uh, as a bodyguard, uh, you get access to that a lot more than anybody else because of the proximity of where you are to the artist at all times. You're right by them. So it gives uh, people, fans, an opportunity to kind of look at the inside day of the life, if you will, of the artist or their favorite, their favorite artist or their favorite actor or whatever. So I think that with that, uh, we have seen a rise of new types of uh, instaguards that are out there um, that, that that have their uh, <laughs> thank you, Elijah. Uh, yeah, that, that are kind of doing it for the wrong reasons. And uh, I've had an artist. Um, and again, tell me if I'm going to go off too far because I'm, I can go on and on about this, but I'll keep it short. I had a, a very popular artist, one of the most popular, if not the most popular artist at the time. And I, my guard, that my guards that were on him, uh, one of them had the social, and it just turned into a different person. Guys, been been with me ten years, and then all of a sudden, it all became about social, and I kind of saw a change in him. And I think that that's just the beginning when social first came out. I think now it's just rising because social media is allowing fans to become bodyguards. And, uh, you know, it's allowing access to clients that no one's had before, before you had to go to the record label to, to even get an information about the manager and then the manager to, to get to the, now it's just straight up DMing and getting to these celebs. So they're a lot more accessible. And, uh, you know, you got a lot of people that are in it for the wrong reasons, instead of trying to stay in the shadows or, or, or trying to really not make a name for yourself based on your artist name, let them be who they are. Uh, don't write their coattails, uh, be your own man or woman. Um, I think that that's a big issue with the, the bodyguard world uh, right now. Uh, social media, I would say, if I could just sum it up in one word. I love that. And I've heard, you know, your personal story before. But for those of, uh, you know, the community out there that don't know, where does your passion come from? I've always, I've always liked protecting people. Uh, I mean, it does, it, uh, you know, I think a lot of people in our industry had that, you know, but I remember being in elementary school, if somebody was getting bullied, I would step in. I didn't like to see that. Uh, it's, it's just something that I was born with. Plus being the youngest of uh, four kids, all three of them are sisters. Uh, so obviously I've been, been always in trouble, you know, trying to protect them growing up in a bad neighborhood, immigrant parents, you know, we didn't have much. So I was always constantly on the lookout for my family, and then that kind of just evolved into just just doesn't have to be a friend, just anybody in general. So as I grew older, uh, I started making a living out of it and 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 the passion grew. And I, I realized it's a very noble industry and a very noble career. And I could really 
make a good living doing it as well. So um, it started as a child and it just, it, it grew as I grew. And the, you know, the, the, the clientele, the principals have grown along with, with, uh, with my career. So it's just, it's, it's just something that's in me, I, I feel. I, you know, I think a lot of people that do this for a living can say the same thing, you know? Um, so that's, that's where the passion started, started as a child. And then obviously lots of people think they know what it might like, be like to, to protect uh, someone famous, right? But specifically in the world of celebrity bodyguarding, what do you want the uninitiated out there to know? Even the people that think they know, but that they don't actually know. I think in the in the security world in general, I don't. I, I think that celebrity protection gets a black eye. Um, I think that they have they, they get a bad rap. Uh, I think they should know that. Um, as far as the security world should know how much really goes into celebrity protection, they'd be amazed. I've done. I do both. We do both here at Guardian, EP and CP, um, and other divisions as well. But when we walk into an EP account. Uh, I don't want to say it's easier because that's that discredits the EP world, and I don't I don't want to do that. But but it is easier because you know most of the time these guys are not noticeable. Uh, they don't have uh, uh, they don't have to, they can go to Starbucks and be fine. Uh, you know, in the EP world, I feel like the CP world should be uh, looked into a little more and and see what a day in the life really looks like for a real CP agent and not not one of these instagars that that show you what that and that's why they have a black eye because uh the the people that are pushing out content are the wrong ones so then that's why the cp is getting a, a bad name um and as far as the civilian world uh i just think that you know i think you gotta not care uh like you know so i don't tell people what i do film because the minute i say what i do uh oh what's he like what's she like now the conversation shifts so I lie. I say do construction because I don't want to even deal because nobody gives a crap about construction anyway. So it's a boring, it's a boring topic, and right away it stops there. But it's just very intriguing for them. They want to know so much about the the artist, but but really, like if you just took a minute out to listen to me and, and how interesting my life is in my world as a, as a CP agent, there's a lot, there's many layers to the onion that most people just don't see uh, because they oversee that and look straight at the uh, at the, the principal. Rightfully so. They're the celebrities. I, I, you know, just listen to you, you make some, some excellent points. And, you know, one of the things that, that I can see, uh, and I think our listeners can see is that you've got perspective. So you've seen the industry grow and modify and adjust, you know, some for the good and, and some for the bad. And one of the last things you said was, is that with celebrity protection, we end up getting a black eye, but it's a black eye we give ourselves. Uh, and it's because the, the, the craft is, is, is very detail oriented. The things that we have to do in the segment of the marketplace that, that you spend a lot of time in dealing with those types of personalities, dealing with those types of schedules and those types of potential threats, whether they're just a nuisance or something more serious. I mean, that's, that's a challenge that, you know, nobody wants. So it takes a very specialized skill. The problem is, I think, is that sometimes protectors have a hard time communicating that mm -hmm. to others. And so they go about it the wrong way because they think for marketing wise, you know, for me to get the next opportunity, the next job, the next business, I've got to put this image out there. So what would you say to that? Yeah, I think that image is BS right now. I mean, I think you could put up anything you want uh, uh, and put anything you want out there and there's no there's no spell checks. There's no fact checkers. Well, um, I, I talked about this with my cousin. He's a veteran. He's, you know, Purple Heart recipient. Uh, 
and we were having a cigar by the fire at his house in Tampa. We were just talking about, uh, I was talking about, I was talking exactly what we're talking about, Elijah and Philem, about why, why this angers me, why people are just putting up smoke, smoke, smoke signals and, and getting jobs and really they're not qualified and, and there should be some kind of fact-checking system. And, and he was talking about stolen valor and he's, he said that there's websites that handle that for them. And I thought that's brilliant and God, that, that needs to happen. And I feel like the same needs to happen in our industry it would be great if we had fact checkers out there. And so when a guy's pushing out content or pushing his name out, really, did you really do that? Let, let's find out. And, and, then, and then maybe the guys that are a lot more quiet, uh, like many guys in my company are, are very quiet, but, all, that, that, but have two, de two decades of a, of a career under their belt. Uh, maybe that should be promoted a little more. They don't do a good job promoting themselves because they're humble and that's just not the style. They're just quiet in nature. Um, they, and, and, and to be honest, it took me, I was like that as, as well, but you know, I didn't want to be the guy on the typewriter, but while everybody else was on the laptop. So I, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to get into this and while we're doing this right now, but I would just say that um, I don't, I don't feel that, uh, you know, people getting, people getting jobs based on lies and, and image I don't think management from artists are checking that backgrounds as well as they should. I don't think that labels are, are checking, but you know, I don't think that they're really fact checking and they're just taking their word for it. Um, I had a job interview many years ago with a female artist in New York and uh, she had a bad stalker issue and they wanted, they wanted to hire a pit bull in a suit. That's what they told them. So then, uh, so then the manager reached out to me and, 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 and uh, the road manager, not the actual manager, you know, um, reached out to me and said if I would interview. And I interviewed, and long story short, the manager came in and said, oh, I heard you're so-and-so's uh, uh, head of security. And that's a good friend of mine. I'm gonna give him a call right now. And I was like sucking my teeth, like, go ahead, man. Like, <laughs> you think I'm lying? I've been there four years. I've, I've you know, I've, I've been in, you know, whatever. But he went ahead and called him on speakerphone. And the guy said to the, to the, the, the male artist, said to the female artist, honestly, you better hire that guy. You know, the best, best bodyguard I ever had. And then, you know, I kind of looked at the guy like, you, you mf -er, right? But I don't blame him for doing that now that I've been doing it longer and I realized why he did that. He did that because I'm in, he's interviewing a guy that's going to be in charge of protecting this female artist's life. So sure. he wants to make sure. damn well know, sure that I am who I say. Mm -hmm. So I respect that, but I don't mm -hmm. think that's happening these days. No, I'd agree with you. And the, the vetting process on the client side in our segment of the industry leaves a lot to be desired. You know, on, on with, with corporate protection, they've got some layers, they've got an HR department, you know, they, they've got people that, you know, have some established business practices that know, okay, we need to, 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 like you said, to fact check this, we need to call these references, et cetera. On our end, because so many people are in the entertainment industry and maybe they're more creatives than they are, you know, businessmen and women, what they'll do is they'll see a visual, like you said, you know, this 15 second Instagram clip or, you know, five or six Facebook photos of, of someone standing next to someone famous and they'll go, yep, works for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so that does become a challenge for sure. It's a shame, man. I, I heard something that made my jaw drop last week that this, this guard got a job from whatever social and then he, he they needed some assistance and this guy did it for dirt cheap and uh, it was an FBO pickup and this guy brought a film crew so he could get video and my mouth dropped. I was like, what? So like, like I couldn't, like, I couldn't believe it. And that's the state of CP we're in right now. This guy brings a guy with a camera in the cut at the FBO so he can get some good clips and hopefully parlay that to another job. It's all BS, man. It's all smoke and mirrors. And I, I do, I do feel like uh, 
people need to do some more background checking on the EP side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just today, uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes I get upset when like, oh, I need his bio. Hey, he's my guy. I'm telling you, he's good, right? But I can't be like that. I understand uh, the upper brass wants to see who this is, and they're going to do some background checks on the EP side. And 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 I've learned to appreciate that and not look at it like, why why are you questioning me more? It's like, yeah, let's show you who we got. Let's show you our cards. Where the CP world, I don't think that's happening. I want to dig in uh, to one other piece there. Well, you were talking about earlier when you said, you know, because you're you're so immersed with these celebrity clients and the challenges that are presented with them, and then you also work in a corporate environment, and to a degree that's easier. And, and I can relate to what you were saying, and I knew what you were getting at. But can I get you to, you know, for the listeners to kind of expand on that a little bit yeah. about, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely, Elijah. When I when I say easier, I don't, you know, by I don't mean. Uh, it doesn't sound like what it, what it sounds like. I'm not saying, ah, it's a piece of cake. That's why I prefaced it when I, when I mentioned it, I want to say, and the re, uh, I think EP is difficult. It was difficult for me in the beginning. And I only got into EP about four years ago. Uh, I've been a CP guy my entire career. Um, but I learned that there's so much similar though. There's so many similarities in EP and CB. I think the, I think, you know, I think the big, the two biggest differences is you're for the most part, you're not dealing with the biggest divas in the world with, with executives. So, uh, you know, I think that's one. And the other one is how recognizable is your, is your principal as an executive? Those are the two major ones. But now you take that out of the picture. CP is difficult. Uh, EP is difficult, too, in its own way. You got to do, uh, you know, the way you dress, the way you speak, you know, your soft skills need to improve. Uh, whereas on the CP side, maybe your soft skills weren't so clean. Uh, you know, you got you to cover up your tattoos. You got to, you got to, you know, put lipstick on a pig. Uh, you got to do things. <laughs> you got to do things a little more uh, professionally. I'm not saying that CP is not professional, but you got to step it up on the EP side. So that's difficult as well. Um, I do I do think that the hours are different. I think you can you can relate to that, Roger. Like we're used to being up 36 hours straight with uh, you know not every day, but you know once in a while. Uh, where on this CP, it's usually 12 hour days, and you get relief. I think that and that that creates longevity, and that's what guys our age want to do. And and that's why I got into got involved with the CP uh, the EP side is because uh, that's the right way to do it. You know, you don't burn guys out. You don't burn guys out. We get burned out on the road. You know, the, the, this, this EP thing to me, uh, they, they know how to do it right. So I think that it's difficult in its own uh, aspect. Also, um, you know, when you're dealing with ultra high net worth individuals, you know, they're, it's not stalkers and gangs you're dealing with, right? You're dealing with some people that are some really nasty people with a very high skill set that can really get to your target. So I think, I think EP, that's, that's a, uh, that's a big risk right there. That's a lot of work that goes into that as well. Well, you know, from that too, I think when you're doing the job correctly in the celebrity protection area, and you've been doing it for a while, you, you get this kind of stress test. You know, you get, you know, a lot of things, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've done it with yourself and also probably to your staff, where the plan changes and they've got to make an adjustment. And we thought the detail was going to run for three days. Now it's going to run for three weeks, you know, so you, yeah. you and, and so, if the agent's personality can deal with that, when they shift over, they get an assignment in the corporate sector, it does feel less stressful because there's less spinning plates. And so for those that have the right temperament, they can really shine in that area because again, they, they've been kind of battle tested. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that, I think that's a good way to put it. And you, 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 you nailed it. I mean, uh, that, I had to deal with, a there was a, there was a situation in Manchester that everybody knows about that I had to fly out for um, right after right after the bombing happened. I flew out there to 
because we wanted to do a a concert anyway for the for the people of Manchester, uh, like a benefit concert. That's a big middle finger to to terrorism, right? So I had to go out there, and I was only supposed to go out there for for that week. So I brought a week's worth of clothes, and I did the the actually we did the the performance. Uh, we went to the, we did everything that we did the right the right way. Um, and then that night there was a bombing in London. I think feeling you remember that with the with the bridge bombing, and then there was another bombing uh, or a stabbing or something at the at the marketplace. So that that five days turned into the entire European run, and you know, and and and, and the amount of stress that was that brought about. Now, you you know, you're doing close protection. You're also doing the advanced security as well. You're also trying to run the detail. Uh, luckily, you got support. You know, you got venue guys. You got, but with I think that that's a perfect example of like. That's the typical, I'm not saying that happens every day, but not knowing what tomorrow brings is what we've been doing, what I've been doing my whole career with the EP thing. It's great because uh, you have a detailed list on a roster of bullet sheets. You're going to pick up the vehicle here. You're going to go there. This is, you know, this is when you, they're going to go to church or they're going to go to school. You got it all lined up. When the CP world is just like you're a renegade and, you know, you just got to roll with the punches. I, I like this, but I'm I'm thinking if, if I'm a close protection or executive protection uh, colleague out there from, you know, the, the, the listenership i'm thinking how on earth could i start how, how on earth could that be me is it right place right time right face right occasion you know because uh, at, at least uh, several times at the ipsb uh, people said oh this one got uh, got fired because they wore jeans instead of chinos or this one didn't have the right look about them so 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 how do you get into it is is there a concerted effort you can make or are you just going to be plucked from the ranks of our community you know i can only speak for myself uh I, it was a little bit of the right place at the right time for me um you know growing up down here in south florida you know south beach to palm beach it's all club life is a big thing so i was a bouncer in my young years you know 18 19 20 years old bouncing and um i and I would, they would take me from club to club and I would kind of clean up the club. You know, if the club was bad at a bad rep, I'd go there and I'd fix it. And then I'd go from club to club to club. And uh, the next club would pay more and the next club would pay more. And that's how I worked. Um, I had an artist come in, come into town at one of the clubs that was a concert venue. And this artist was a very high risk guy. And, he, you know, he's, he's been through a bunch of, you know, it was a very tough crowd. You had a gang unit there, you had helicopters, you had, you had to close streets off. And uh, that's the kind of element this artist brought. And this is not talking about 2003, 2002. Um, but yeah, I, I, we, I, did, I did the job. I, I executed, uh, our, our team executed perfectly in that club. I mean, we were taking razor blades out of uh, baseball caps brims. Uh, girls had the, the, the comb with the pointer in their, in their hair. And we were just taking everything out of everybody. All the weapons we took out. With, and no, anybody that threw up a gang sign, we grabbed them. We didn't give them a warning. We just threw them out. And we just kept the club very clean. And then, the, and then the artist's manager, his road manager, uh, my job at the end as a head of security was to go into their office and they square up whatever they owe for the money. Uh, usually they get 50% up front and then the other 50 after they perform. So I'm there to make sure the money transaction goes well, as I always do. And it always does go well. It's, it's never a beef, but it's just I'm an insurance uh, a, a policy, I guess. And then the guy is like, uh, the man, road manager is like, hey, I got to let you know, this is the first venue we've been to in a long time where we've had zero problems. There's usually fights break out, this, that. Like, like, like I tell you, you got a good security team. And, and my, my boss, who was running the, comp, the, the, the concert uh, venue, pointed at me and he goes, ah, that's because of this guy. So then that's how my story started. So then the road manager is like, hey, we're shooting a music video down here in Miami. Could you help us out? 
And I was like, if it's cool with my boss, I'll go. So he's like, yeah, it's cool. So then I ended up going and that parlayed into we're going on tour. And then we did a tour and then that's how I started. So it was the right place at the right time, but it's not just that. It's everything, all my experience that led up to that point to where there's a reason why that club went without a hitch. We worked our asses off. You know, we, 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 we definitely mitigated a lot of potential huge disasters and, and it comes from many years of working hard. And that's why every job I have, I, I, I try to be the best at it because you never know who's looking and anybody trying to get into the industry, I would give that advice. You know, whether you're protecting some rich guy that wants to take his uh, a girlfriend to South Beach for whatever, that doesn't matter. Uh, treat everybody like they're high risk, treat them all, uh, you know, with, with a Nick love and work your ass off. And I think that's what's gonna get you noticed sooner than later. I mean, that's my story. But then again, that's 20 years ago. Uh, I think today with, go ahead, Pete. I know, I was gonna say, and I don't mean to cut you off. Now though, as your role as a business owner, you know, just to kind of drill down a little bit, you're making decisions off of who you're gonna bring on your company, who you're gonna recommend on the detail or, or just refer to somebody. Um, are you basing this off a of skill or for something that you see in their character? And then you're saying, I can teach them the skill. It's character to me. It's character to me. I, I mean, you know, we've got almost 400 people here and, and uh, on the EPCP side, there's only about 40 of us. And, and um, we keep that table, 37 to be exact. We keep that table very, very close to our chest. You know, we, the seat of that table is a big deal. So, you know, oftentimes I'll get asked uh, by random people they want work. And I'm like, nah, you know, you got to start with our event division, work as an event security guard, work your way up. And it takes about a year and a half, two years for you to get really to the point to where we trust you here to go out and represent us and do well and with our clients' lives. But uh, I can train them. If they've got what it takes, I can train them. Um, and I've done it many times over. Uh, and, and, and it's worked maybe 95% of the time. Sometimes it doesn't work and we just got to part ways. But the training will come. The resumes are great. I like certs. I like seeing, uh, you know, what kind of backgrounds they have, whether it's military or LEO or, or martial arts or whatever. That's all fantastic. But to me, it's character. -y. And the reason why is because uh, you got a lot of guys that are in it for the wrong reasons. And the, and, the, and the way that we've been able to keep our, our family tight, company's 16 years old this month. We turned 16. Guys have been here for 16 years. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thank you. Long, long road. But these guys have been here from the day one. And the reason they stick with you, so they got a lot of pride. And the reason, the way we've been able to recruit uh, uh, rookies, we call them, is you know a guy who knows a guy. So if I've got a guy, for example, Roman, Roman uh, works with us on a detail. He's also a police officer. Yeah, he, he lives up north, about two hours north or in the Orlando area. He's like, I got a guy that I that I trust. His name is RJ. Can you give him a shot? If you vouch for Roman, then he must be good, right? Because they're not going to vouch for somebody that's going to end up making the company look bad because they're so proud of what they do. So that's been how I've been able to do it. Uh, just recruiting from within and not really not answering uh, ads or, or people asking for jobs. It's been more of a character test for me. And if they, and if I feel like they don't have the right character, I, I defer to my guys. What do you guys think about RJ? Oh, you know, they'll tell me, I like the kid, you know, he does drop everything and come into, but he does do this and we'll work on whatever he does wrong. And as a, as a team, it takes a village to, to raise a child. Right. So that's a mentality that we have here. But Anton, can I raise a, tricky topic and i feel that me as a generalist i am perhaps okay to ask this question right because i am i'm asking you as a generalist okay you can work very hard but in the world of celebrity protection as opposed to corporate is there a certain genre of music for example that someone should aspire to join like is there a typical country singer bodyguard is there a typical uh, 
film star bodyguard you know it, are there are there some genres that just will not gel because anecdotally on on the grapevine we have heard of people that have tried to get work in one area and not really been so successful but they they, they were really successful in another area um, I, I know this is a, a bit of a tough topic, but but I thought as as the uh, circuit generalist, I could ask that question. Yeah, de definitely. I mean, you know, it's it, it's not many of us that could be chameleons and change colors with every different artist. Like you know, uh, I can work any genre, and I've proven that in my career. And, and, but I got a guy right now on a on a R and B singer uh, that would never be able to work on a pop star that another client I have without dropping names, if I said the names, you guys would understand, but it's, you guys could kind of put it the pieces. He's awesome for protecting that hip hop R&B guy. He's awesome for that. He wouldn't last a day with that female pop artist because he's too rough. He's rough around the edges. He's not, you know, he doesn't, you know, there's a lot of attributes that he doesn't bring. Is he a good protector? Yeah, she'll be mm -hmm. safe. She'll be safe. But as see, as close protection, you gotta be close to them at all times. So you gotta be somebody that's tolerable in their world. And he just wouldn't work. On the same note, the guy that I got on her could never work for this a hip hop guy. Mm -hmm. He'd get eaten alive. Mm -hmm. So not, not not because he's not a tough guy. He's tough as nails, but he's just very quiet and he doesn't have the, the street smarts that my guy that's on him has. The, you know, he's he's very well, white collar compared to my guy that's on this guy who's who's from the streets and he's got a more tougher mentality. So you there is there is a certain type of guard for a certain type, certain type of client, but anybody looking to get into it, I mean, I would just say. The hip hop is the worst. Uh, I think the rap and the hip hop is the worst. It's the most high risk. You got to chase your checks to get money. You got to deal with all the BS. Uh, I cut my jib in that my first, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years of doing this. So I could speak from experience. Um, that's the most high risk, the roughest. Uh, but if you're looking to get into the CP industry and you're truly not a fan, you're just, you're just a guy that has a passion and wants to protect CP or EP or doesn't matter. I would say, uh, you know, go with what you can tolerate and, and, and where they can tolerate you. You know, if, if you can't tolerate dealing with gangs and BS, then don't go for a rapper or don't go for hip hop security. If you, if you can't tolerate, uh, you know, 12 year old kids screaming, you know, in, in your ears magnified by 50,000 in, in the stadium, then don't go for the pop artist. I think that, you know, you've got to, if you can't deal with the diva mentality, don't go with a majority of these artists, but, I think that it, 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 it you got to go with where you're comfortable. If you're comfortable with country music and that's something that you feel like you know that genre, then go for that. But I think we don't have the luxury uh, of picking and choosing in the beginning of our careers. We don't have the luxury of saying, I'm going to stick with pop because pop's easy. And this, you don't have that luxury. I think at, at our age now, putting behind, you know, two decades of work and building the resumes we have, we can pick or choose our clients now. And it's a blessing. I fire clients all the time, artists all the time. We don't want that guy. We don't want that guy or this girl, and we just, we say no to it. But in the beginning, I think if, if, if somebody's looking to get into it, thinks that they can pick and choose what genre in the beginning, I think they're shortcoming themselves because uh, just get in, just get in first. And then once you're in there, uh, you know, you can start working your way from there and, and start going to different uh, genres or different levels of uh, celebrity. Yeah, I, th I think you nailed that. Um, you know, one of the things that I think people should do is identify where they wanna be more than just saying, hey, I, you know, I want to be successful or I want to make a lot of money, you know, say, you know, in five years, I want to be doing this and then take a realistic assessment and say, can I do this? You know, I'm sure so many people look at you and they go, oh, I, I want to do what he's doing. And they don't yeah. think about the two decades you spent 
getting to that point. And, yeah. you know, and so one of the challenges is, is that when, when they see someone who's, who's, you know, at the top of the game, you know, operating well, you know, working full time, they try and skip steps. And a lot of times, and, and I'm sure you, you know, you know, this is that when you skip steps, you start making choices that you wouldn't normally make. And some of those are less than honorable choices. And, right. you know, and, and then, and then you end up putting yourself in a position where people can't trust you or you get a bad reputation and then you're forced to take whatever job comes your way. So it's kind of this self-defeating cycle you put yourself in by trying to jump ahead. Yeah, no, that's a good point. No, no shortcuts in life. Right. And I, I agree with that totally. You, you are, you are make, having a shortcut, which might end up in not only ruining your reputation, but somebody getting killed, sure. you know, like, don't say you're that guy, man. If you're not that guy, like, like, uh, you know, I've seen it happen. I've seen people get hurt on the job and people pass away on the job. I've seen it too many times. You know, uh, I said at the last IPSB, they were asked eight of my friends, eight colleagues gone, you know, um, and it's a real serious business, celebrity protection. I, you know, eight colleagues gone in 20 years. That's a lot, man. You know, that's sure. a lot. Sure. Um, so I think like, if you do skip steps, you're not only risking ruining your reputation, you're risking losing your life or even worse, your client's life. Uh, so I think there's no shortcuts in, in, in this industry. Of course you can get, a job. I, oh, that guy gets work. That, what that guy hasn't done, what is he charging? He's probably doing it for people. These guys would do it for free sometimes just mm -hmm. to get in. Like there's a, there's a lot behind that. But at, at our level, uh, I, I don't think that uh, the, I, I feel like if, if I have any advice to give anybody getting in, it's exactly what you just said as well. I just, don't skip steps. Don't take shortcuts. It's, it, it's going to potentially ruin your career or get somebody hurt. And you know, you're talking about what came up at the IPSB, especially last time, I think um, uh, fixated individuals. Um, it became a bit of a, a buzzword and, and perhaps a skill set for everybody. And we, we had Philip Grindle uh, on uh, the podcast a few, a few uh, months ago. What do you think we need to improve on in, in, in this uh, behavioral analytics or behavioral skills? Uh, because uh, I think at the IPSB, at least 2016, we had an example where someone said the worst thing in the world, when they say, I'm going to marry your client, the worst thing is to push them away. The best thing, according to them, was to say, oh, really? When? Where? And, and, and you start to gather information. Uh, that perhaps uh, you alluded to, if you do work the concepts, if you do work, uh, you know, all of the cordons, you, you'll get that skill of picking up Intel analytics. So the, 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 the ability to pick up on uh, people's behavior, you know, verbal judo, uh, as, as the police would, would, would have it. Um, where can you get it? How can you improve it? Well, I'll tell you what, man, for me, um, believe it or not, I was a stockbroker before any of this. So when I was 20 years old, I did the bouncing on, at, at nights and on the weekends. And I was a broker during the day. And I learned a lot about being able to talk millionaires out of their money to invest with me. And I'm a poor kid <laughs> that grew up in trailer park. Like I'm talking to millionaires, like I'm a boss. And so I, I my skill set was something that I had to work on as a junior broker until I became a, a broker, until I became a financial advisor. And uh, so that that's something that I, uh, my sales experience, if you will, helps me sell my way out of stuff. I talk my way out of stuff all the time. I know I could destroy this guy talking to me, but what good is that going to do? Like, I, I'll, I'll just, hey, you know, my verbal judo skills have evolved from being a broker and just being a bouncer in nightclubs, trying to break up fights and talk to people and try to convince them not to make me throw them out. You know, uh, I, I think like uh, things like that, when you're in the fire and it's about to get violent, 
you you that your tongue becomes a sword and 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 as the years go on you train it okay that it didn't work when i talked to that guy that way what could i have done differently and then you you evaluate it so it's an ongoing uh uh trial and error uh skill set that you're going to develop and it's not going to happen overnight either because there's so many different types of personalities in the world and types of uh scenarios and 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 places in the world so you know what one work what works for one person might not work for the other but when you deal with so many people for so long, you're able to develop that skill set of how to do that verbal judo and talk your way out of situations and, and sell them on not getting involved in physically with you, uh, because that's ultimately the, 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 you know, that's, that's the, that's the goal. If you ask Anton in his twenties, I'd say, who cares? Like, but Anton at 34 is like guys with a, with a large insurance policy that I can pay for every year. Um, it's I'm constantly talking to my guys and teaching them that prevention beats the cure and we got to make sure that we prevent it rather than trying to cure it uh and i think when you deal with more and more personalities more and more genres of music or or movie sets or actors or or cities or countries wherever the more you do you, you know how to speak to different people uh i think it's an ongoing and i still i'm still learning i, mean, I don't think you ever stop i think that developing your soft skills and and trying to do the verbal judo uh, that it takes to be a real protector and talk your talk your ways out of the beef is is an ongoing something that I do every day and I, I feel like I'm going to do it for the rest of my life and I'm just going to get better and better at it because I have been from the young uh, you know rough around the edges guy to where I am now it's 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 all uh, you know you go to 70 different countries man and you know for two decades like you you learn a lot about people so I feel like I could talk my way out of things a lot more when I say talk my way out of it I, I mean calm down the situation be a cooler sure that was amazing, bro. Uh, I'm in agreement. I think that, well, I know that I have, and I think our listeners too will, you know, kind of get a sense that celebrity protection is more than just standing next to somebody famous. Uh, you know, the majority of the things that you talked about were cerebral things, you know, thinking about the situation, talking your way out of a situation, analyzing the situation, getting an advance done. And, and you know, you uh, one of the other great takeaways is that you mentioned, which is the, is the character of a person, getting a, somebody to refer that trust that person to bring them into your orbit for you then to say, okay, I'll take a chance on them. And so for those that are interested in getting in the industry, you know, yeah, resumes are great. You know, those shiny business cards are great, but really what you need to do is establish relationships and build trust with people that can then, you know, that third-party validation goes a long way. So thank you, brother, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Anton, thanks. Thanks very much for giving us your time. The Circuit Magazine podcast is richer because of this session. Uh, from Elijah and myself, we look forward to seeing you again shortly. Thanks very much. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, bro. I feel there's so many stories that I really want to find out from Anton. He, gave, <laughs> he, he went as far as he could. He went as far as he could. And I think he gave a fair and honest uh, you know, outlook on how to get into the sector. But hard work trumps it all. Uh, wh what did you get out of today's session, Elijah? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I thought going in that he was going to, you know, kind of deliver a no-nonsense take on the industry. And, and he definitely did just that. And I agree with you. I feel like he's a guy that, you know, could talk for, you know, for hours, but, you know, and talk about the real deal. Like, you know, here's the reality of the business. Um, and here's why, if you want to be successful, here's the path you should go on. And 
while there are people that are working in this segment of the industry that might on the outside look like they're successful, there's no longevity in, in some of those paths. Absolutely. And, you know, Anton's own story, very, very interesting. And you know what? I happen to know on YouTube separately, he has recorded a few segments about his entire career. So um, that's that's obviously something that people can look up. Obviously, with the Sergeant Magazine podcast, we like to be thematic, um, uh, but but uh, but that's somewhere to go for a little more uh, information. Um, what do we have coming up, uh, Elijah? I say this, but I can answer the immediate thing. On Friday, we have our Workplace Violence Forum for the Circuit Magazine. That's Friday, the 19th of November in the UK evening, the PST afternoon, and the Australian morning. <laughs> you got a lot going on. So I, re I really think you should tell people what the, the Workplace Violence uh, Conference is about, though. Oh, absolutely. That's a good point. So uh, we are welcoming friends, including Joe Saunders, uh, the uh, host of Managing Violence podcast, to look at uh, the world of corporate security and the way in which managing violence in the workplace will creep ever further into the world of EP. Now, I'm not saying that EP has to go and become an HR uh, discipline. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that it, since EP and security have to solve issues, why not get proactive? I'm saying with this, you know, this event, why can we not link with our corporate security colleagues, uh, you know, more to get better threat intel, to get more oversight? Because if you're taking your principal into another principal's office, they're at risk. Who? is uh responsible who is responsible we had the whole um famous uh you know tech company incident a few years ago why is this important now it's important now because after the years that we've just had there are tempers there are frustrations and there's an anticipation and already we're seeing it that uh this will lead to violence coupled mm. with this we're looking at other forms of violence and its impact on the workforce. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting uh, field. And of course, you know, we just heard today, we, we want to de-escalate things as much as possible. So as right. much as we want to manage this violence, we don't want the violence to happen in the first place. And we definitely don't want the embarrassment of having a scuffle. For sure. So that's a long-winded way of me explaining <laughs> what we're going to do, right? Got it. Well, I think it, uh, it sounds like an interesting uh, conference. You always put some great stuff together. And a lot of uh, uh, people that are uh, experts in their respective fields come out and give input. So, uh, and it's got a ton of re replay value. So I think that's one of the, the benefits uh, of uh, when you put something together. Absolutely. And, and, and it's good to bring people from different geographies together. And this will be good for the US, good for Europe and the UK and Australia because of the very interesting time zone we've done it at. And yeah. what about you? What have you got coming up? Uh, well, let's see. You're, you're pretty much knocking November out. I can talk to you about December. So December, um, there's a few things going on in Vegas. You'll speak to one of them. And, uh, but there's also the Executive Protection Forum, which is going to happen as just a little bit of a, a prelude to the, the big... Um, uh, convention that's happening, uh, the conference is happening uh, that same week. So on um, on December 8th, 
Byron is hosting the, uh, Byron Rogers, uh, friend of the show, is hosting uh, the Executive Protection Forum. He's got a big group of speakers together, um, Christian West, um, Aaron, uh, myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so we're going to all get together, end up under one roof, uh, get a chance to rub elbows, and then uh, go from there to the, uh, uh, the, the big, uh, big conference that's also happening that weekend. And how will that uh, differ if people are looking at their schedule and thinking, I know I'll fly in a bit earlier, maybe I'll do the shooting range or maybe I'll come to the forum. How's, how's the forum uh, different? Uh, I, th- I think the thing is just kind of a value added piece. You know, people are going to be in town or coming to town uh, already. So they just wanted to put something together for people who just want to maximize their time in Vegas, maybe not spend it all at the slot machines or something. So, mm. um, you know, it, uh, it's a, a welcome thing for me. I haven't been able to attend for the last few years because I'm always double, triple booked. Uh, and so this time I'm, I'm really making uh, a commitment to come. And so that's why I said, yep, uh, I, I'll be there. And this is gonna ensure that I'm gonna be there because I'm gonna end up on a couple speaking panels. Well, that's, that's, that's absolutely gonna be uh, really quite a, you know, an interesting session. Um, and you know what? There are a lot of our UK uh, listeners going over, I happen to know. Um, obviously, nice. the most high profile who hopefully would once in a while listen in, uh, Jackie Davis, I would, I would hope she's a friend of the uh, podcast. She is speaking at that forum uh, that you're also speaking at. So, so they, they, there's definitely a lot going on. And uh, prior to that, though, you know, we've got a lot of things cooking. Um, there's a circuit magazine. Of course, the podcast that everyone's listening to right now. But in addition to that, we've got two really cool apps. And one of them is the BBA Connect, uh, which has a focus on you find gentlemen and gentlewomen across the pond. And then uh, on the U.S. side here, we've got uh, the NABA Protector, so NABA Protector. And so both of those apps are cooking. Um, there's a lot of conversation, great engagement that are coming going in there. And then also... Uh, we at the circuit are having these meetings about some of the upgrades that are happening within both apps. So we'll have some exciting things that are going to roll out and they'll be rolling out November, December. So that way we can kick off uh, uh, 2022 with the blast. It's, it's, uh, it's quite uh, amazing to say that word, isn't it? 2022. Yeah. So weird, bro. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> it, lo- it looks weird to write it, um, but it's coming around faster than uh, we, uh, we can anticipate and we're going to be ready. So, um, celebrity protection and uh, our very dear friend Anton Kaladin, it was a pleasure talking about it today. And of course, um, from Elijah and myself, this has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.